Hey everybody, I'm recording this cold open for my uh, sit down with Nico as we dissect the first volume of Criminal done by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. And I just want to give a warning of this. Uh, I was in my old stomping grounds, Atlanta, when I was recording this in my old room. And um, when we, right before we started recording, um, the fan was going really heavy, and I was like, all right, cool. So I cut it down a little bit, but because I have not recorded in that room in so long, I forgot how the acoustics go, so you may hear a fan throughout this episode. It wasn't on purpose. I just forgot how powerful that fan is, and after we were done recording, Nico said, man, the fan or the vent was kind of going. I was like, dang it. You know, I forgot how many times I had people point out to me when I was doing the old show that the fan was just so powerful that I started recording without the fan. Um, but no, just so you know, when you're listening to this, that is a sound you're hearing from time to time. But please enjoy. This is something I've wanted to do since I started the podcast, as well as I want to go back and dissect shows I watch and stuff like that, which we've done, you know, we still do. But I also wanted to get into some comic book action, like, hey, just point out this book to, to, to go here. Like, me, when me and Nico were talking about doing it, we gave a, a list of each other of five different comics and the five I gave were very mainstream and very much have been talked about to death. And then the stuff he gave was very, very much not that. So we started with this. Like I said, it's Criminal by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. It's great. Just I just want to give that warning, though. Uh, it goes about 30 minutes. And we're going to actually do the entire volume. Every seven, all, I think all seven volumes. Um, we're going to try to fit those in before the end of the year. Probably do... One or two a month. We're, we're just seeing how you guys like it. If you do, we will definitely do the entire series. So check it out. Hi, I'm a Ross. And I'm a Wizzy. Boy, gee willikers. I sure do love My Little Pony. It's okay in the written form. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you didn't like reading. I think reading is a sin. Wizzy, surely you can't be serious. No, seriously. I believe reading is an act against God. No, I mean about My Little Pony. Oh. Well, don't get me wrong. My Little Pony is fine and all. But there's just so many other things I could be doing. Name one thing you could be doing. Breathing. Okay, well name five more things you could be doing. Eating. Sleeping. Drinking. Not watching My Little Pony. Exercising. Okay, well, name eight more things. Socializing. Playing with my Legos. Contacting the dead. Celebrating President's Day. Establishing a colony on Mars. Baking. Being gay. Reading My Little Pony fanfiction. Wait, what? Ross and Wizzy's Fan Fiction Power Hour, every week on wherever the hell you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. I am the Soul Chemical. I have Nico on today. Um, so we're this is something I wanted to do. I started the show back up September of last year, 2020, as it's recording this August 2021. And one of the things I wanted to do, and I was telling Jonathan Esther this, was... I wanted to actually dig deeper into like comic book stories as well. Like the same way I review TV shows and series and stuff, I want to review comic series, but I wanted to re- review more of the obscure comic series, the ones that not everyone talks about. Like you may know the characters, or you may even um, have heard about certain things, but um, you may not have been, and it may not have been on your wish list. So I was talking to Nico about this, and he was very interested in doing. Uh, but I knew I also needed a second person to do it. To me, one person doing it is very dry. To me, over a podcast. And Nico was like, hey, let's do it. I was like, cool. So today we chose Criminal, a comic created by Ed Brubaker. 
for those of you who don't know who Ed Brubaker is, he's the one that I think, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Nico, or not, um, I believe his most, not most famous, but the one that people may know the best is the Winter Soldier comic. They essentially reinvented Captain America. But is there another one that he may be more known for? Yeah, no, um, yeah, he's he's most most known for creating Winter Soldier and having the whole uh, the whole story there. Marvel wise, and in DC, probably his most popular series that he worked on was uh, Gotham Central, which is basically like a police procedural within within Gotham. Okay, yeah. See, so um, when Nico brought this to me, uh, he we started naming different comics and. Like I named my five that I was interested in reviewing. He named his five, and I just I just told him this off the air. I was like, man, when I got when I read his five, I was like, well, this is what I want to talk about, not just the stuff that's been talked about to death. So for me, it was like, okay, let's go with his. And then he chose Criminal. That's what we're talking about today, Volume One of Criminal. First of all, before we even get into it, because I'm gonna let you take the lead on this, because you brought this to me. I thought I heard this before. I actually never heard of it before. Now that I've dig, dug about four or five volumes into it. I, for some reason, I thought I knew about it, but I didn't. What made you, when you first saw this, what made you even pick it up? Uh, for me, man, it was I was trying to look for different types of stories, and um, you know, image is always having a a, a huge backlog of of uh, you know different kind of like you said, more obscure books, and I've kind of always been interested in like the the crime uh, thriller genre. Um, you know, kind of movies-wise, movies like Heat or like uh, The Departed or Quentin Tarantino type of movies. So um, I, I, I just I was just in the shop one day and I and I kind of picked this book up and you know I I recognized Ed, Ed Brubaker from you know obviously his his because he did a whole a whole roster of uh, Marvel characters whenever he was working at Marvel and then and then at DC too. Um, and then I, I recognize Sean Phillips as well because he did some uh, Marvel Zombies work. Also did some art on the uh, Dark Tower series, the uh, Stephen King adaptation. And then I, I, I started looking at it, man, and the, and, the, and, and the artwork was just incredible. I thought um, how, how uh, Sean Phillips used those heavy blacks without, without his, um, you know, with throughout the, the, the story and uh, that that kind of drew me towards it and that's and I, I picked up that first volume and and I was and I was hooked right after that yeah because in your right image dark horse to me they do have those 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 stories that are more obscure and um, they're also just different but that's the idea of the that's the whole gimmick of those companies as well um, <laughs> but yeah um, let's dig into it so I'm gonna give my first thoughts of it me being someone who was just introduced to it by you and then you give me your first thoughts and then if you want to dig into the story as much as you can i'll go back and forth with you but um my first thoughts after because i read it and then i watched a youtube video on it because I, I i normally don't do that now with with wrestling or with uh shows and stuff that i've reviewed i usually just go with my opinion or whatever i very rarely will very rarely will go onto a YouTuber's channel and hear their opinion, but I wanted to get the opinion of, I wanted to see someone else's opinion, if possible, just because I wanted to see if my thoughts were the same as his or hers, whoever was doing it. My initial 
first run through of it, and I've only read it once, um, actually read it, was, all right, this essentially he's built a GTA-style world with very complex characters, and I felt like, okay, I felt it was very incomplete, but incomplete in a good way. Like, to me, when I first watched Age of Ultron, and I said this on the show before, I hated it. Because, and at the time, I didn't fully understand why I hated it. I hated it now, seven, eight years in, 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 in the future, because it was incomplete. But it was so incomplete on purpose, to me, to lead to the, the big in-game Infinity Wars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This was incomplete in a good way, because it left... It didn't leave... It wasn't like Lost or Heroes, where it leaves all these questions... You get no answers. You got a ton of answers in Volume One. It just came down to the little stuff, like Teague Lawless and all, like the little stuff that you didn't really need to know in this story. It was from this person's perspective. They did what they needed to do, and now you got the full story from that perspective. So to me, it felt incomplete, but it was in a good way. It was kind of like, okay, cool. I have a feeling I'm gonna I'm gonna hear about this later on, but it's not important to this story. So, what were your first impressions? If you remember. Yeah, um, for me, my, my first impressions, man, was um, basically, to me, I think Brubaker and Phillips tried to bring back, like, the, the genre of the, of the crime comic. Because back in probably, you know, 50s, 60s, crime, crime comics and horror comics were, were huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it kind of seemed, as, you know, time went on and DC and Marvel kind of got you know, became the, the the big two that they are now, kind of that, that whole crime and horror genre kind of fell out. Um, so it, it really seemed that Ed Brubaker and Phillips really wanted to bring that crime, that, that crime genre back. And I could, I, I could certainly tell that, you know, right off the back because, you know, essentially you're, you're dealing with Leo, who is, who's obviously led a, led a life of crime kind of gets pulled back into in, into this underworld type of life and, you know, assembles a team to to create this, you know, to, to do this job, to do this heist, you know. So I kind of, like, right, right off the bat, like I told you, um, it really reminded me of those, of those, those crime thrillers, more modern crime thrillers of the nineties, like, like heat. Mm. I don't, I, I, I don't know if you've seen, I've heat, seen but, heat. Yes, know. I have seen heat. Robert De Niro and Pacino. Yes. Yeah. How, yeah, exactly. So it kind of had that same kind of heist vibe, very gritty vibe, um, crime, crime noir. And, and that's and, and, and I love that stuff. And I think the reason why I, I like crime noir so much is because, you know, it, it, is, it is this dark and gritty, bleak story. But at the, at the end of the day and at the end of that story, they'll usually kind of flash just 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 a hint of hope. You know, mm-hmm. and that and that's and that's kind of kind of what I felt as a you know back when I read this story the first time and then and then again I I just read it recently, but you know it's this dark story you know messed up people drugs you know addictions addicts um, and Leo who's basically trying to not live the the life of his father and end up in prison, uh, but you know at at the end of the day after he does all his stuff. He, there's still human emotion throughout the entire book, you know, and you can tell because he has these different relationships that, you know, he kind of loses. And 
but by by the end of the day, he understands that you know he has a whole whole new perspective on death. And um, yeah, man, I, I you know that's 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 kind of what it it really drew me towards that book because there was so much focus on character, and um, I really feel like Brubaker excels at that. You know, you know the the plot itself, it's more or less pretty standard crime thriller, mm-hmm. you know? Because, I mean, there's there's been tons of movies, books, whatever that we've read where, um, you know, bad guy gets pulled back into the life of crime, has to assemble a team to, to, to do a heist, gets gets mixed in with, with the wrong people, and then all this all this crazy stuff happens. Um, but I, I really think where the, where the book shines is that there's so much focus on developing the main character and um, letting the audience kind of feel for him. Yeah, I agree. Like, for as many tropes as you have in this particular volume, or in this particular... So far, I've read five volumes of the series. But for as many tropes as, as you have... To me, I feel that tropes and stereotypes, uh, uh, I just said this to someone in a conversation, tropes and stereotypes exist for a reason, right? Like, to me, you, you can take a trope and it still fits a story and it still works and it's not as tropey, if that makes any sense. Like, to me, I could see part of this volume just, I knew where it was going, even though I didn't know the story, I knew where it was going. At the same time, if it wouldn't have went there, it probably wouldn't have made sense to me. Probably like, well, you're just trying to be different to be different. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like there's some things that just like with Leo, like it's clear he's going like when he tells I forgot her name when he tells the the main interest in the story, hey, don't call your mom. She's gonna call her mom. <laughs> yeah. you, you know. Yeah. But once again, it's how many people in that situation in real life wouldn't call their mom you know how many people wouldn't say hey i'm still alive right 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 so yeah yeah, yeah um so are, are we are, are we talking full spoilers here or oh yeah absolutely absolutely I, if, if anyone who listens, who listens to my show knows i don't believe in that spoiler crap so no this is like a 10 year old book they're fine okay okay cool yeah no uh so there i i do agree with the the predictability of the story but also there was there was a pretty whenever i first read it you know however long ago i remember being super shocked because not so first his i forgot his um uh what's that his uh uncle's name the guy that that, that, He's on that drugs. ODs. yeah 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 I, I, I forgot his name but you know he, he ods and he dies which okay you know that's you know it's it's a horrible thing but you know, there death death was expected in this book, mm-hmm. but then whenever whenever Greta, which is which is the main uh, guess, love, love love interest, dies, that that panel really shocked me. Really? Because yeah, because you know, Leo had already had his uncle die, who was basically the the the, the most important person in his life. You know, and he was trying to keep him keep him alive even though it was in a, a terrible way but you know he dies so i thought that that was going to be like the main blow to the character mm. because 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 they developed that relationship so early in the story and then but then whenever you know greta kind of gets left you know left alone at her house at, at, the, at the at the hideout house and then 
he comes back and you and you turn that page and it and it shows her just like shot up to death like laying on the ground i was like oh shit like i, I couldn't believe that they actually killed her off too because i thought she would you know she'd be a pretty pivotal role you know playing playing throughout the end of the story but um but yeah that's that's kind of what i meant by you know his seeing his how uh, important these relationships were to him um and brute baker really did a good job of kind of showing that to the to the audience i agree and i guess the reason why i wasn't shocked is because i do tend to like stuff like heat and or documentaries that focus on crime and stuff like that and i like and see the the one thing i used to hate about like this is gonna be really random and i don't know if his analogy is gonna work but whatever the one thing i used to hate about shows like unsolved mysteries or or whatever is that you never you very rarely get an answer to your question right uh-huh. and i think going into it me knowing who created this and wrote this Brew baker i think what any of his stories has always dealt with human emotion like to me how he was able to reinvent Captain America was this dude has some serious PTSD, but not from the war, but from his losing his friend. And then when he sees his friend and what's happened to him, he's like, holy crap, I've been living this life for however long. You've been going through hell for the same amount of time. Like, so to me, I knew he always knew how to, to toy with human emotions. And you listen to the podcast, some I think. So you know that I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like to me, emotions is a part of wrestling. Like, the last year and a half where they've had no fans, it's been kind of just a show at that point. Like, to me, there's certain people who can evoke those emotions out of you, and to me, Brew Baker is one of them. And to me, I think that's why I kind of expected there to be no survivors in this, just because we all kind of, uh, in my opinion, we all, we all kind of make our bed. And something I was just talking to someone else about as well, like, some people just kind of, like, feel like they don't need anybody and as you said like his most important relationship was with his uncle who was a was an addict and also he had well what else did his uncle have wrong with him he had he, he was an addict but was didn't he have like huntington's or something like that uh yeah he, i think he had something else with him right um and i know i know i mean from you know what what i would always was uh stood out to me about him is that he was such an addict that um if you know, he had such terrible withdrawals, so mm-hmm. Leo actually had to, like, give him the heroin. Right. So that so that he could actually survive, which was nuts. <laughs> which, see, like, that, that, that's, like, another, like, interesting characterization that, you know, Brubaker does. Like, this guy loves his uncle so much because, you know, his dad was thrown in jail whenever he was, you know, five six years old mm-hmm. um but you know he he, he 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 wants him around so much that he'll literally feed him drugs so he'll stay alive right so he's still ki- he's, he's still killing him but he's keeping him alive for the moment you know and so right. once again playing off human emotions anyways the point is like to me i think i just kind of kind of see that these people have to have a demise because there is a level of desperation at the same time, there's a level of you don't know who you're dealing with, and you're just throwing your like like with Greta. She didn't have to be a part of it, but she was manipulated to manipulate Leo. You know, yeah. they knew the only way to get Leo back in the game was through Greta, and they knew Greta was desperate. So it's like one of those things. Where like once you see that level of desperation, it's like man, 
very few people will make it out of a situation like that when they're that desperate. And obviously, Leo won no part of it, but it's like, ugh, like he 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 was essentially guilted into it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess just a, another thing on Brubaker, man. I, I I love how I know there's some some readers that aren't a huge fan of a lot of like captions in in uh, books, mm-hmm. but I I feel like. Brubaker is like such an expert with with captions, kind of you know telling the story from the first person perspective, and um, just how how this book reads. It's like that that you know crime pulp novel, you know the kind of like you know it was a it was a dark and stormy day. Whenever I you know I lit up my cigarette in the rain, mm-hmm. but it, it's just like it, it gives it such like a um, a gritty kind of grounded you feel grounded it. feel. You know, he there's 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 just a certain like feel whenever I'm reading Brubaker's captions that just makes it like that much more dreary or something. I don't I don't, I, I, I can't explain it, but but no. I, I feel it whenever I I, I read uh, the Leo's captions in this book. No, I agree. No, you, I think you explained it right. To me, he does. He, he sets the mood. It's it's like it's like yeah. when you have your, your your lady, your man, whatever doesn't offend you, and you bring him into the house and like you have the, the candles lit and everything you're setting the tone you're setting the mood and that's what he yeah. and that's what he does do because you know um and, and i do i do agree with that i think especially with this story in my opinion i feel like there are no good guys there's only anti-heroes and bad guys <laughs> um yeah definitely and um i feel like he does a good job of saying, hey, this person is doing this bad thing. He's not doing this good thing for, he's doing, a, he's trying to do a good thing, but is it doing a good thing if you're actually robbing people? <laughs> he's trying to get out of this situation. He isn't knowing other way to do it, and this is his expertise, but he's doing it to where he gives you that little bit of, man, I guess I, I, guess I feel a little bad for the person, you know, even though you probably shouldn't, but at the same time, who knows what you would do if you were in that situation and all these other things. So, no, I think yeah. I agree completely. He does a great job of setting the tone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the art in this book, Sean Phillips? Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I thought it fit uh, perfectly with... Um, I, thought, I thought it fit perfectly with the tone that Brubaker set. I think that there was just uh, a match in heaven. And I think even as the stories progressed, and we'll get into that down the road, as they changed decades, I thought it just, I thought it just, he knew who to work with in these. I, I liked it all. And, um, and, yeah. I'm, I'm, and, yeah. I'm not, and I'm not one of those people, even though I'm a comic book writer and creator and sometimes an artist, believe it or not, I'm not one of those people that lives and dies off the art. Like, I've read some comics that I've enjoyed that I'm not going to name them on air, but I thought they had really terrible artwork. But I've been able to get past that because the story has been decent or good. Um, but I thought this fit perfectly. And like, I remember after, I mean, I remember, you, I can't remember the five you named, but after you named the five, books you name, I remember I read Criminal First, Volume 1, and just seeing everything, it all put together, I said, this is the one we need to talk about. This is the one we need to review. And yeah. Because it was just, it was a, it was a good, it was a great symmetry. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really like uh, Sean Phillips as an artist too, man. I think I think he has a such a unique way with with his brushstrokes. Um, you know that that heavy. The, you know sometimes he lays like just some heavy inks on like close-ups <laughs> on pages and stuff. And it it, it, it really kind of highlights that that dark and grittiness. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it's not like it, it, his art style is interesting because it's it's very minimal. But you know those like accents that he puts on his figures and his backdrop, and everything like it's 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 so intentional and it just like livens up the 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 uh, the image so much. Um, and like you know when whenever I was I was reading this book. The first time I was just kind of studying, you know, every panel, just kind of seeing how he kind of puts the the, the light on a face or on, on you know or a shadow on the ground or something. And um, I really like um, the the format of mm-hmm. each page. It's kind of that three by three grid, which kind of even lends more to that like pulp novel feel because it almost feels like you're reading a novel at points because you're kind of going. You know, from left to right, and then down to the next row. You know, left to right, then down to the next row. Each page, um, and I kind of that that kind of you know that's inspired me a lot in terms of books books that I make because um, I kind of when, whenever I'm drawing books, I'm kind of tending to stick to that three by three grid as well because I feel like it's just so so much um, more fluid sometimes in terms of you know panel to panel storytelling um, and. Uh, yeah, man. Like, like I said, like I guess from that one scene that I was talking about before, whenever you kind of see uh, uh, Greta's death and you kind of see her there shot up on, on the ground, I remember that there was a, f- a few pages before that <clears throat> there was a there was a sequence that shows Greta, you know, at the hideout house by herself. Whenever uh, Leo leaves, but she's kind of like left there with with the uncle who's basically who's dead and right. a whole bunch of heroin on the ground. <clears throat> but there's this like the, the, the way Sean Phillips illustrates that it was so interesting because it kept like switching in between close-ups of Greta and like close-ups of, of the drugs. Cause she's formatic. Remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was such a, a cool way of, I mean, you know, it's not cool to see heroin on the ground, but you know, like <laughs> you it's, it's, it was such an interesting way because you know, that Greta, you know, had a drug problem in the past too, you know? So like now she's left here alone at this house with a whole bunch of drugs. Like, what is she going to do now? And, and, and the, and the way he illustrated that was, was just masterful. Um, and then of course, a few pages later, you turn the page and you see Leo get back to the house and, she's dead right there on the ground. Like, I don't know. It was just that, that was like one of those things where he said where the art, the art and the writing kind of just lined up so perfectly for the scene. So, yeah, I mean, the way, the way I see it is they, they drew this and wrote this like it was a live action movie. Like a lot of times in live action movies, you have the close up of a card that someone's handing to somebody or whatever. And And that's how I took it. At least I took it like, you you see the, the the look on her face as she's looking at the drugs and trying to fight the temptation, and yeah. then you see and see and then you see the drugs and I I, t- I took it as like hey they were going for a complete live action feel here, um I never I, it wasn't until I started actually working on sets and stuff where I fully under now I understand why they do stuff like that and 
everything like that. But like to me, there was not a wasted panel. I agree with that. Every panel makes sense and even makes sense down the road. You know, like yeah. there's a lot of lines that that are are important for down the road later on that you have a callback on, but they're not so important to where it takes away from the story. And that's why, to me, that's the biggest thing I took took from this was even things that are said and just I never felt robbed. I never felt incomplete. I just felt like, okay, cool, whatever. Let's fo- the energy is here right now, and they did a good job of keeping the energy. And even as you get into it, even if certain volumes aren't for you. Um, or this story isn't for you. Um, they did a wonderful job of putting together this, this 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 mini little universe, and I commend them for that. And pretty much just to get into the story real fast before we before we go, pretty much Leo is drawn back into as Nico said, drawn back into the life. But he's set up. Uh, him and Greta are set up to die, but they get away because Leo is just that good at what he does. He he, he had a plan to the plan. And as they get away, then they realize that it wasn't money that they were stealing. It was drugs that belonged to this kingpin. And in order to... And uh, Leo's trying to make it right, but in the process, he loses the two closest people to him. And then he ends up deciding, once he sees Greta dead, he says, well, I'm going <laughs> to go all out and finish this myself. And um, in the end, he ends up killing everyone he needs to kill. Um and then he ends up uh, getting shot in the end as well. But um, it's to me, it, it was a complete story to me. Um, my final thoughts on it, I I don't usually like grading stuff, but I would give it I would give it an A. I would give this story I'll give volume one an A. What about you? Yeah, uh, I think yeah. I'm not. I haven't really graded too many things either. But yeah, I think you know, in that in that A range for sure, man. I think. It, it's it sets the groundwork so uh, so well for this kind of criminal underworld that 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 he's created. Um, both both these creators have created because I mean not not only are there uh, what seven volumes seven volumes yeah but but they actually picked it up again recently in like 2019 and started doing kind of even even more stories within the world uh, even kind of like these crime uh, like 120 page like short stories that they do mm. um, so they yeah it's, they've they've really kind of fleshed out this whole world and continue to do so uh, so it's, it's exciting but uh but yeah it was a it was a masterful book man I, I love this book yeah so I would go recommend you purchase it uh, from your local comic book store if you can't find a comic book store it's definitely online I mean, that's what once once he told me, once Nico told me about it, I, I went um, and went on Comicsology and got it. Um, do you have any final, really final thoughts on it, or do you, or or, or do you have anything else you want to finish up saying uh, as far as like Brew Baker or Phillips or uh, the story or just anything in general? Uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 uh, the listeners haven't checked out this team, uh, they have so many books. They are constantly putting out material. Um, there's, if, if you're into the crime noir stuff, they've got more books like that called, like, like there's one called The uh, the, the Fade Out, which is more or less kind of like a 1950s, 60s um, film noir type of type of story. They have a, a, a horror book called Fatale. Um, they're putting out new books right now called Reckless, which is kind of in the same vein. 
as like a you know eighties kind of crime pulp uh, uh, genre. And yeah, I mean they're 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 probably my favorite team in comics just because they put out such quality work and they're literally putting out books like every six months, which is nuts. Especially because they're coming out in like graphic novel form now. So um, yeah, pretty much anything that I've read by these two guys, it's 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 been great. So you know, anything with Rubicker Phillips on it, I cannot uh, help but to recommend. No, I I agree, and as we dig, I don't know how often we'll be able to do this. Um, I, I would like for us to do um, to at least do the, this story and finish up all seven volumes by the end of the year. Um, personally, we'll see how everything goes with our recording schedule and stuff like that. We'll, some of him not talk about off air, but very last thing is how can they find you on Instagram or social media? Yeah, you can find me at Nico Writes, N-I-C-O underscore W-R-I-T-E-S, and that's on Instagram and Twitter. All right, sounds good. Appreciate you coming on. We are out of time for this week, but we will come back with volume two. I will definitely announce it on Instagram. I will definitely announce it on um, the show when him and I talk about it, and we'll figure it out. But thank you for joining us. That is the show. We are out. <laughs>